Shalom, everyone. Welcome back to the upper room. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's great to be back on a on a sweltering September evening. Um, we're going to be bringing you the heat. Um, we've got another great topic. We're in a, a unique uh, point in the calendar, and um, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guests. Um, yeah, Rebecca, welcome back. Shalom. How are we? Great. How are you? Everyone's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very warm. We're getting uh, a weird, weird, probably GMO orchestrated <laughs> heat wave in the UK now. Everyone's gone back to slavery. You know, it's just, but we're not complaining. I actually call it a uh, Hebrew heat wave. Nice. Getting ready for the feasts. You yeah. know, everyone's going back to work and school, but the uh, the Israelites are coming alive. You know, everyone's on the, the, the lowdown, counting down to Christmas and that. You see it in the shops. You see Christmas, Halloween, the 1st of September. But we're just like, I've got the uh, fire lighters, uh, natural fire lighters, logs, all half price. No one else is going camping bar the Israelites, you know. so. Nice. It's a great time of year. And um, yeah, I just wanted to come on and get um, everyone hyped, really. Um, This time of year, if you guys do Sukkot or you've got something planned, even in in your home or with your family, everyone is on the countdown to Sukkot, wanting to be really excited. And of course, however, we still do have two major, holy, set-apart feasts to get through. And yeah, I just wanted to come on and speak um, in two halves, really. First half about practically what we do in the fellowship and how we celebrate um the three festivals I won't bore you you know going into the daily rituals of what we do but yeah just get you all excited and yeah I'm sure Darren can share some testimonies about what we've done at the Almond House and maybe inspire you to incorporate them in in your family life really nice sounds good um yeah I think it's a it's a unique time of year um a a time of anticipation a mixture of anticipation because you've got the celebratory um uh, prospect of Sukkot mm-hmm. but then also you've got uh, very different dynamics in uh, in trumpets and atonement and um, I think uh, that it, it can possibly they can possibly be overlooked uh, in in different ways such as the not only just for the organization that goes into Sukkot um, but because of the the way it encompasses so much uh, yeah there is a temptation to to overlook the other two so I think it will it will do a great um service and a great preparation to to get into that and um yeah as ever i look forward to, to hearing what you what you got to say so um yeah get us get us going base where, where, where are we going yeah yeah so it just made me laugh that we can overshadow it and maybe for like the first four years of my walk um of course i had sukkot booked off i was going to israel i always had that booked off in my holidays it takes up so much of your annual year from 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 the slavery so i feel your pain guys but then it'd get to like the day before trumpets and young come and be like oh no i haven't took it off so you just have to pull the sickie or just tell them i can't come yeah, in it's like yeah. you know so it's about getting us ready because um Day of Trumpets um, symbolizes Yeshua's return. And, you know, obviously nobody knows the day or the hour. However, we know the season and we know the season. So it was about getting really, really excited for that. And um, Trumpets is actually one of my favorite um, set apart holy days. Just because for the last maybe six years, um, around sundown, we've gone out to like a local place, a local field, a local high place, a hill, and we've gathered the troops up. It's the hardcore ones because it's always like on the wind down at just of the evening, like who's coming out in your coach? Usually the off- the weather's probably awful. It's mm-hmm. getting a bit cold and everyone's just wanting to chill out. So yeah, we blow the shofars and I kid you not, it has been a complete um 
it's like the spirit meets with us. We are shouting, we're proclaiming to, to the skies and it's like something happens in the skies. There's, I've seen shooting stars. I've seen um, like beautiful sunsets over cities. We've met people out witnessing. Last year we were all, Joe brings his guitar and we're shouting like absolute lunatics like, Bo Yeshua, we're ready, come back now. Obviously it's a practice, isn't it? Yeah. So if it is the return of the Messiah, you know, you're not going to be sitting at home watching the telly, are you? You want to be out there. You want to be preparing the way. You want to be getting excited. And yeah, people have come up to us and said, oh, what are you doing? And we're like, oh, well, Yeshua, the, Jesus, it's symbolic of him coming back. And um, we actually met um, a Christian girl that had been saved for a long time. And she said, I just love the passion. I love the zeal. It was like a Sunday night. Um, the sky was was quite grey and she was like, just seeing you guys out here, you know, my church would never do this. It, it is amazing to see you guys out here. And we were like, amen, amen. Ended up the next day she came actually to the trumpets with a dog and <laughs> like right, we were yeah. all like bringing yeah, her yeah. along. And yeah, we haven't seen her since. Maybe I've got her on Facebook, but it's just a little seeds that we are sowing yeah. in our communities, even for um, new believers that come to our fellowship um they come out with us on trumpets and they're blown away they're like wow i've never felt the spirit like that obviously we do praise and worship at shabbat but something about being out in an open space and and having that um set apart time openly waiting for for the messiah to return you know obviously he's not come back yet but one day he will come back and it's about getting having that passion and excitement ready for him to come back and not losing sight of that really so yeah it is one of my favorites and people are starting to get into it now with me <laughs> so yeah. it's great yeah definitely and this um i i think there's a, a great sense of freedom uh when we do uh, uh go out and, and proclaim his his days and um i think there can possibly be an element of of it's like territorial as well it's like what we're doing on earth is obviously being done in heaven and and uh, we don't quite maybe fully appreciate what's taking place in the spirit when we proclaim these feasts in this way but just from a personal level i i I certainly find a degree of like freedom to be able to just go out and just shout and 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 celebrate and sing and then uh, as you mentioned there when uh, when passers by strangers and um you know when you have that divine connection with somebody who's in the faith and they're like what what are you what is that that's a chauffeur this is the the feast days that they're in the bible like it's a great witness and so uh we should never limit the potential of what uh how a simple uh thing can actually be like a a great seed planted for the kingdom so um i think we're with you in in the sense of getting excited for it because i think it was last year when we uh when we went out that was uh, we were looking over Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, and then yeah. the sky just turned, there was like a red light. Obviously there was no like, it wasn't like a supernatural red light. There was a light emanating from the um, uh, from the city, but I think we were, uh, there was something about fire. We were praying about yeah. fire and then all of a sudden it just went red over the skyline. It was like, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was really good. Yeah, it's like, we're not saying that, oh, this is so symbolic. We're looking for signs. You know, we're not that generation that seeks for a sign. We don't look in the skies to know that God is true. We don't look at star signs to know that God is true. However, like you say, the heavens declare his glory. Mm. They, they declare it. And what better time to declare his glory than the start of his feasts? Mm-hmm. And people forget that, you know, Passover is beautiful. Um, Shavuot, unbelievable this year. However, the fall feasts actually haven't been fulfilled by Yeshua yet. And I think that's why um, I love them so much because 
we have all this hype and think back and think, imagine being at the Last Supper, imagine being at the Shavuot or in Acts, but the actual fall feast, they haven't happened yet in, in yeah, true, right. and we can be there. We have an invitation to be there. One day we will be there, and we are like one of the first generations that are proclaiming them and getting ready for them to be on earth. We're showing them to our children. We've come away from the pagan holidays. I don't know about you, but talk about 12 days of Christmas. It was like 30 days of Christmas in my house. It was like the new pajamas. You get into all your little rituals. You go on your work night out. And you just, you have so many days of Christmas. However, the full feasts are an opportunity to to like have a whole month of, of rejoicing. So I think that's what I love about it best. You know, everyone's, um, it's kind of like an, a roller coaster, absolutely buzzing on Yom Teruah. And then, you know, not like you crash on Yom Kippur, but it, it gives you more of a, like a, it's more of a solemn day, isn't right. it? So we'll get into more of that in a minute, but yeah. we'll carry on yeah, with the but other I, one I now. think you make a really cool point about the, um, the, the reflective and then the forward looking uh, the anticipation of, of of what's to be fulfilled in the in the greater scheme of things, because obviously it's a representation of, of Yeshua's first and second coming, and the, the fulfillment of, of of the prophets and and uh, and, and revelation, um, and, and where to be obedient to that timepiece, so we can rehearse and be ready both personally and corporately. So yeah, you make a really good point where there's that that difference with the reflective element of, of Passover and and the rest of them, and then as we're looking forward to uh, with with uh, yeah, a mixture of anticipation because you've got the great and terrible day of the Lord, but then also you've got um, uh, yeah tabernacles. So it's a it's a real it's a real blender actually. Um, so with that, when you're talking about um, getting excited in the preparation, is there anything like you feel like we should be looking at both individually or corporately, or, or ways to prepare? Like because um, as we said, that there's a real mixture of of what we're looking to to glean from from these times. Oh, of course, you know, um, coming into this time, it's all about the condition of your heart, isn't it, really? It's the condition of where you're at. Are you rejoicing? Are you getting ready? Or are you still down? Are you still uh, going through trials? And, you know, there's a lot of people that have been through trials, and I think it's symbolic that we go to trials to get us to this moment because the Lord says, constantly says, that he tests the authenticity of our faith. And to get around to the feasts is like you've accomplished a new year. You know, it's like the Jews, actually, they, they celebrate. So I think the only one the name that they change is day of trumpets because it's all about Yeshua's second coming however they've now called that Rosh Hashanah which is their new year so we do it slightly different because we we do celebrate the new year in the spring it's new life um but it's also a new season isn't it we're going into the new Torah cycle after Sukkot um so it is something new it is we're going into a new season and um Sukho is a celebration of the season that we've just come through the the win, the wilderness wandering the, the tabernacle on earth and um, we can then celebrate that in, in the heavenly tabernacle so yeah it's it's seriously about the um conditions of our hearts and um that's kind of what the second half of the podcast will be about and talking about you know the spiritual matters within and what we really need to be looking for and almost like a bit of a um a warning things things that the lord's put on my heart that we all need to check our own hearts going into this because he doesn't take this lightly these are his feasts they haven't been fulfilled yet and if we want to be there we you know we've got to get our act together really so but yeah we'll get onto that in a little bit brilliant um yeah uh yeah the the, the yeah the levels of preparation for 
uh, for this time is uh, yeah uh, no let's let's save that because um, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get into it but um so looking in, in particular towards um uh, atonement and um and trumpets uh how how is that approached by you guys as a as a as a fellowship in terms of organisation what you're looking to to get from it um has that changed over the years in terms of what you do and have you got any, uh, you know, suggestions or encouragements for those who may either may not be in a fellowship or, or they are doing it on their own or they're new to it? Um, what, what kind of words would you have for those guys? Yeah, so regardless whether you're in fellowship or not, we genuinely just started about taking the word literally, you know. It was like Joe obviously spearheaded it. Me and Angie were like, oh, we're not in the land, so we don't really need to do them. And we found all these excuses not to actually do Sukkot for the first maybe three years. However, it's not like we weren't saved. It was just that we were actually robbing ourselves of a blessing. Blessing, And when we started to get excited for them, incorporate them rather than going into the winter blues and being on the countdown to Christmas, it's like you get excited for them. And the Lord gives you a new heart towards them. Um, So yeah, if you aren't in fellowship, I'm not saying that, it's a bad thing just get closer to the lord at this time he he's wants to dwell with you he wants to teach you things in his word he wants you to still do them whether you're doing them in your bedroom or whether you're doing them on the street try and get your family involved as well or just just make a point that you are doing them and this is a holy set apart time of year for you because that's another thing the enemy will make you want to do he'll make you want to conceal the feasts and be like oh, I'm the only one in my household, I'm the only one in my whole town, let me just do them, I'll pray to God and I won't tell anyone that I'm doing them. And I did that for a long time. But I would encourage you not to do that. I would encourage you to proclaim that this is coming. It doesn't mean stand on the street with a banner. However, make a point to your family and say, I'm having a day off from work today. This is a Sabbath for me. Do you know what this means for me? Even if it's a two-minute conversation, you are proclaiming it. Um, blow the shofar you can get show shofar sounds on spotify now mm-hmm. uh, our sister beverly is probably plays them the most she walks around the house seven times like joshua in in uh, um in jericho so it, you can find um great ways to proclaim um that messiah is coming back whether you're a couple maybe you've got children get them excited do some games um you know just just put your spin on them because um any pagan holidays we all put our own spins on them we all had our family traditions and the lord gives us free will it's about how how he wants to see our hearts and 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 what we interpret with them and you know um and Yom Kippur is amazing it's it is it's truly blessed and I even when we didn't really know what we were doing in that festival um I'd never even done a fast before I, I in fact the worst headache of my life was the first ever Yom Kippur that I did it was just horrendous I was like what is happening to me I probably used to drink maybe about four coffees a day then and it was like my head was gonna fall off Joe never takes any um pharmaceutical drugs he didn't really then and he was like oh I need a paracetamol and it was like it was really bad so get yourself prepared if you're on the caffeine you know cut down and just just try and have a cup of teas for like a week before and we didn't do anything other than just sat on our sofa and pray and it was like the weather was gray outside and it just felt like a really really solemn day um yeah we do some different things now and I'll tell you what we do now as a fellowship but if you're not in fellowship spend the day with the Lord, the two Sabbaths, Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur, just spend the day with him, turn your phone off, 
turn all distractions off whether it's social media your family whatsapp group just just turn it all off and spend time with him if you've got fellowship even better try and organize something with them go to the leadership and and you know just say oh what are we doing what's the plan get them excited as well because I even love it when people remind me saying what are we doing what are we doing people have been on me for the last year how are we going to top Mexico how are we going to top Mexico but it's a healthy thing for them to want to have a good time so that inspires me so yeah just just use some some initiative but first and foremost spend the day with the Lord and no distractions is is my best best advice Mm. and that's um to be honest like that's a real it's a real sobering thing that you say there about spending the day with the lord like i often think like when was the last time i actually purely dedicated a whole day to just Mm. prayer and the word i mean obviously we we have shabbat and stuff but it's not not that one-on-one quality time i'm thinking wow i have all these uh, opportunities to do that um but you know recreational things get in the way leisure or or just life in general and the lord's saying look it's this is it this is this is the time and i think to be fair to be graceful even um there are many of us in myself included where it is hard to to not um uh to 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 watch things or or even if it's a teaching or like you try and you you know you might even watch something that's biblical to justify that oh no i'm doing atonement i'm watching something biblical but you're still not really like in the secret place you're just um passing the time and I, i think that's if I'm if I'm being honest, I need to really look at how I uh, my attitude going into atonement in particular about am I really using this time to to really go deep, really go in, or am I just going to try and get through the day like I've done on previous years because it is heavy and somber. So I think that's a really good point. Like if you have been doing this for a while, like are you really are you really going in or are you just you know, going not even going through the motions, but just trying to get through. Yeah. Um. So I think that's that's a real challenge. Um. But um. With uh. With atonement, I'll, I'll just say my my own personal r- reflection and and anticipation of it is, um. You know, it is is of course that th- now this is just my personal opinion. Obviously, it is the great and terrible day of the Lord in one. So what I've personally found is that it begins very somber. Mm. And I'll meditate on whether it's the sin in my life, the the things that I've done in the past year that I may be, uh, that may have been either sinful or not profitable. And it's a real deep time of reflection and and, and looking at repentance, uh, maybe in a deeper way. And this can be, yeah, very heavy. It can be, it can, it can lay on your heart hard, but as you start to progress uh, through the day I often yeah just come back to the gospel and I come back to the cross and I think about what atonement actually represents and that I have been bought and, and paid for by a price and my sins have been forgiven and then by the time that we've congregated as a group I, I'm ready I'm ready to, to I, I feel joyful uh, by the end of the day which I think for me personally is my um, is my experience of atonement and and it's something that I've uh, you can't, yeah, it, uh, what I would say is always bear the gospel in mind when it comes to atonement, uh, despite it being an incredibly uh, solemn okay. day. So that that would be my... 
thoughts yeah. on it. Oh no, I complete completely agree. And I was the same. It was like I, I would just I would just lie there and just read my Bible because I think, well, oh my days, or oh, I'm going to be judged. My family's going to be judged. I'm going to watch them not be saved because obviously I'm from an atheist family. And all these thoughts like run through your head. But then you know you can rest upon all the prayers that you've prayed for them. You mm. can rest upon. Um, their salvation one day you can you, you, you try and, and have hope and again it is a bit of an emotional roller coaster like Darren says you're up and then you're down but that's that's just symbolic of it and that's just that's the weight of sin ultimately mm-hmm. the sin and grace it's it, it's heavy but your shoe has paid it and there's nothing too big for him um yeah so and it is a relief once it's over I'm not gonna lie because you think wow what a day you feel like it's about three weeks it's only 24 hours and it feels like the longest day of the year but again it's spiritual it's symbolic and what we do is um we encourage everybody to spend one-on-one time with the lord so usually at shabbat we meet up from lunchtime noon onwards but i'm young kapoor we don't do that we actually wait um until late afternoon till the sun's setting um around 6 p.m and we all you know break our fast together and i know some people don't believe that you may necessarily have to fast on on yom kippur there's different interpretations of the word but we rest on the scripture um i can't remember what book it's in now um one of the prophets where it says how maybe ezra i can't remember anyway how to reflect your soul through fasting we rest upon that because you know, if if we're going to be seeing our family getting judged, we're going to be judged. We don't want chemicals, food dyes, Babylon in our system. We want to be empty for the Lord. You know, we, we, it helps you ref- afflict in your soul, helps you concentrate more on what Yeshua really did for us and his ultimate sacrifice. So it's just what we incorporate and how we interpret the word. So I'm already seeing the YouTube comments. So no, you don't need to fast, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. do you know what? It's a great way. Yeshua, he fasted for 40 days. So what is one day? You know, yeah. what is one day? It, it, it's a great um, a great thing to do when you're on, on, on that day because, again, you afflict your soul. And it just, it, it adds to it. It adds to it. You've got nothing else to, to satisfy you. I think food can be a massive, massive um, dopamine hit for us it's like oh i'll have that coffee in the morning and then you're high oh and then you want to have them carbs and then you're on your protein you get your energy and it kind of strips that all the way it's just you and the lord um and that's how he wants it on that day because he does take it serious and one day he will take it serious so why not practice now you know the whole all the feasts are about getting a head start and again this is just a great way to get that head start by you know really getting in the spirit so yeah, that's just what we do. Um, as Darren said, do we change things every year? And that's what we do love about our fellowship. We're constantly, constantly learning on what works and what, as our congregation's growing, we've got people that are moving up. Darren moved from Norwich, people in Exodus and out of London, like you wouldn't believe when COVID hit. Like, I don't even know if there's anyone left in London. They all come up here. But yeah, it, it's great. So again, not like we want to put on a show. However, it's great to incorporate um, different people and make it um, a festival. It's called a festival for a reason. If you look mm. at the root word of a feast, it, it's it's a set apart day for congregation and being close to the Lord. And the, the God says, if two or more are gathered, he'll be in the midst so we um sometimes meet in the afternoon males and females are separate um the males um go and do some group discussion and group prayer um and confess sins to one another and it's it's a, it's a safe space 
to let things out into the spirit. And it's not just about going, oh, they're a sinner too, I'm a sinner too, and making yourself all feel better. However, it's a proclamation to the Lord, and it's a proclamation in the spirit to be like, I don't want to deal with this this time next year, yeah. you know, and, and, and you've got witnesses there, you yeah. know, two or more witnesses, yeah. and you've proclaimed it, and you will get tested on it. I'm telling you right now, some of the confessions that I've heard on Yom Kippur from my own heart, and it'll only be like six months down the line, I'll be like, oh, I prayed for this, you know, <laughs> like, you got to work better, you got to work better, because the spirit is it, it is working. The females have started doing it too. It was, it was the males that did it first, the men. And there wasn't really that women, that many women in the fellowship, but as sisters, we did it last year, and it was powerful, you know. And once one sister opens up, we all open up, and and it's a safe space to not to be judged as well, because we are going to be judged. Um, but it's up to God to judge us. And if what we'll get on too soon is if we confess our sins to the Lord, that is when we can be forgiven. It's it's the protocol in the Bible. So we kind of practice that on Yom Kippur. So might be a good thing. Again, it's not saying this is what you have to do to do Yom Kippur properly. It's just a little um, tradition that we have incorporated from the spirit. Joe and Jack got it in the spirit. They, they did it like a few years ago in the woods. And it was just beautiful for them to do. And it brings the brothers closer. It brings the sisters closer. But again, like I said, once you proclaim something on the spirit of Yom Kippur, I mean, like you will get tested <laughs> on it, man. It's, it's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely, and I, I think you've encapsulated a lot of elements to to the feast in that description there. Like, um, you know, it does say to confess your sins to your brothers. Um, obviously, with the nature of atonement, um, you know, the accuser's looking to point his finger. So, if you're you're putting out there in front of your brothers and, and ultimately in the spirit, um, yeah, those accusations can uh, can can fall down. And uh, like you said, you, you, you all find yourself being tested on it. Now, I think you make a really excellent point about being able to uh, incorporate um, uh, new things uh, within the way you do the feast. And this isn't about being extra biblical or taken away or adding to the word. It's, it's what I found uh, is that when we first come to the feast, we can, we can turn into that zealot who hates on Halloween hates on Christmas and rightly so we're told to uh, to have that righteous anger towards these things however that can turn you real bitter and it can actually be a terrible witness because if you don't have joy um, when you're doing these feasts then nobody's going to want to want anything to do with that so I think you make a really excellent point where it's like let's let's put our heads together let's um, look at um, biblical themes let's actually inject uh, joy and love uh, and peace into these uh, into these elements because that's that ultimately that's what we're all looking for so um and and on that as well you make a really good point i think it's about the fulfillment of the human condition within the feast it's like god's designed these so that we can be fulfilled like you said you sit there on christmas day you've had your dinner you've had your uh, you've had your uh, presents and everybody's sick of each other's company, and it's just empty and vacant. Oh, it's a hot. That was the horriblest feeling ever. You'd look out the window, <laughs> your granddad's asleep <laughs> on the couch, your you, you, you great nan's watching the Queen's speech, and then it's just dark outside, and they're like, oh, it's over for another year. And then you're like trying to text your mates, we having an after party yeah, or yeah, what, and you're it. trying to strive for this festive spirit. And it's just gone, man. It's gone. It's gone. And then when you said about the affliction of, of the soul, uh, it's like, it's because it's not about us. 
it's about him so that's how it's fulfilling like uh, it's it's i think there's a time obviously when we get to sukkot and it is like you know have what your heart desires rejoice feast drink be merry all of that it's there but if you really want fulfillment in terms of like your standing with god then that's how that's that's everything is put put yourself in an afflicted state and you you'll feel far more fulfilled doing that because it's your reflection goes outward as opposed to inward and 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 you're less selfish so i think that's a that's an excellent point um yeah yeah well what you said about um joy really struck something to me and it was about the lord requires mercy over sacrifice and mercy comes when we forgive and forgive ourselves and and let things go and i think this season is also about having mercy on other people and um he he prefer that than than sacrifice so again it's about it's a season of renewing it's a season of rejoicing it's a season of oh this has happened this year but it's fine we're going to start anew we get a new chance we get you know we're invited to the wedding supper of the lamb the lord blots out all of our sins it's like wow our names written in the book of life so that's his ultimate mercy and the reason that Yeshua came and will fulfill these feasts is because of his mercy and he preferred that over sacrifice and lambs because ultimately we must have joy in this time because the Lord rejoices because it is finished it's finished the heaviness of sin is finished but it doesn't mean that we go out and continue in sin we strive every single year Every single year that we come into these feasts, we want to do better. And I think that's the main thing about Yom Kippur is about setting a time pillar in time, in Yah's feast, the moon is in the sky at a specific point. God has ordained that time. And it's about saying this time next year, I don't want to be dealing with this Lord. Please take it away. Okay, this time next year, I'm going to have something new to deal with fine that's fine i'll deal with that then but for right now i want to move on i want to move forward i want to forgive these people for this i want to forgive myself for that because if you're constantly living in the old man and your old sin you know you're just going to be going around the same mountain and that's what israel found that they were doing they were just um yeshua went into the temple jackie was talking this in our private gospel studies that we've been having um on a tuesday evening and you know he he flipped the tables in there because of what they were doing. They were just they were making money off the animals. It was turning this house into a den of thieves and it had to be destroyed. You know, it had to be destroyed because ultimately there was leprosy in the temple. They it, it had to be destroyed. And we don't wanna we don't wanna be destroyed. You know, we have to take the leprosy out of our lives. It's only through Yeshua because there's things in my life that without the spirit I would have never changed you know you have to and that's a good thing as well to pray about reveal things to me we know at Yom Kippur there was unintentional sin that um they still had to atone for so there's things that Yeshua is atoning on our behalf that we may not even realize you know are we always ticking all the boxes no we're not you know how can we actually do all this 100% 100% of the time we ultimately we can't so he is still atoning for us even when we don't realize so it's about praying lord if there's anything that displeases you please show me over the course of this year so I can deal with it because we know that the accuser loves to hold us back and he's constantly tail tattling on us to the lord saying did you know about that did you know about that but the lord's grace and mercy he, he doesn't overwhelm us he shows us when we need to know and that's what I love about the lord and 
and seeing it's one of the hardest things on our walk and I'm sure we've all been there it's like well how can't they see that they're doing that you know but we have to let God deal with that and it's same if you see something in your brother it's not about oh you know they they're they're bad they're bad deal with that it's about praying that the Lord reveals it praying that the Lord convicts him and ultimately changes our attitude towards some people because you know the catholic church teaches levels of sin but ultimately it's all sin you know we're all we all fall short and it's about asking the lord where we fall short and not dealing with it hopefully this time next year you know yeah um i think that's amazing because um there can be you can maybe perhaps fall into a pitfall and i'm not saying it's necessarily um the worst thing that that can happen because you know, if you are fighting a particular sin or a particular behavior and, and by God's grace, he's given you the strength to overcome that, um, you know, you, you can maybe fall into that. Well, that's done and I'm 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 all good. I'm great. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's there's nothing I can't really think of anything. But if you if you if you're feeling like that and you're noticing stuff in other people a lot, then get the get the mirror up because there yeah. that's that's the lord showing you that you still got exactly the same things going on in yourself yeah. um that, that that you see in other people so uh, again it, uh, there there can be uh, an interpretation particularly in the the sort of uh, i guess the the christian uh, circles of um you know these are severe uh you know law fear mongering kind of it's not it's so much grace yeah. The cyclical nature of the Torah portions, the cyclical nature of the feast, it's, it's Yah's continual mercy that year on year he's saying, look, even if you haven't quite overcome this, I'm giving you another chance. Like, let's let's go again. Let's have another let's have another go. So, um, I, again, you make some really interesting points there about uh, ask and seek. Are there any blind spots? Is there anything in my life that um, that is just actually in my heart? It may not be an external uh, behavior or, or, or thing that other people can see, but um, you know, Yah knows and tests the heart. So ask for that to be. Um, I don't know why I'm saying that because I'm going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Just going to say it's one of the most dangerous prayers to pray <laughs> but dangerous in a good way because yeah. you know we don't want to hide them anymore we don't want to have things concealed because ultimately we, kn- we know the bible says all things hidden will come to the to light it's probably said about four times whether good or evil so it's going to come out and angie my mother-in-law this say and she goes it all comes out in the wash and yeah. it's so true you know even in our own lives we can convince ourselves that we're okay I'm, I'm doing this fine and it, it's it's usually a marriage as well you why are you doing this you're this you're this and you're projecting it all onto that other person when ultimately you're doing it just as bad and you come to a place in your marriage when you can just laugh now like joe goes becca with one flesh like why are we even saying this to each other we're just basically shouting at ourselves in the mirror you know like you're saying one thing about me but we're one so you know ultimately it's it's you you can be hypocritical Mm -hmm. but another thing is when you come on the um torah walk what sometimes happens is we can convince ourselves that we are covered by torah and that we're okay because we're doing the feast no one in the world's doing the feast we are do we've done away with all the pagan horrible stuff so praise us we are amazing and you fall into this it's self-righteousness you know and constantly 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 Yeshua was rebuking that if you go through the gospels which I think is the most amazing thing that we've been studying 
the chronological gospels from the start of his ministry he was calling the pharisees hypocrites because um they they didn't practice what they preached and they believed that they were covered by their acts of righteousness and we're never ever going to be covered by our acts alone because we're never going to attain god's standard because we're always going to have something in our hearts you know murder i've never killed anyone but i've certainly got angry at a brother in my heart whether it was without cause ongoing conflict you know god doesn't want that before he even hears our prayers so we have to get that one out have we bitten back married life is a constant battle of when to bite back or not and again we're to turn the other cheek um have we been hypocrites of course we've been hypocrites we're criticizing people's diets we're criticizing that i'm giving health advice online but at the same time i might still be eating a chinese takeaway so it's like we're constantly constantly yeah. being hypocritical so again the lord um i'm not saying it's a massive sin to have um a chinese takeaway <laughs> but at the same time we do have to practice what we preach and the lord knows that we're going to mess up essentially we we are we're not perfect the only person on the surf perfect was yeshua Amen. and again he, he he was still tempted he rebuked it with the word and we need to learn from him we need to learn from him and that we need to any temptations that we get anytime we want to murder our brother in our heart we need to remember that scripture that we we can't do that because yeshua teaches us not to do that and he takes it very very serious and you might just think oh got a bit annoyed at him oh but no he actually takes it really really serious he, he classes it as murder so it's about these things the little things that we may class as, as little sins that can actually manifest into full-blown sin and i've seen you know it, it can have catastrophic events and, and and circumstances so yeah it's about asking the lord uh, is my heart in the right place am I here am I there and we can all we, we all need to ask these questions going into the feasts and I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't got things that I, I need to confess to the Lord of course me and Joe of course but that's healthy and that's okay because the Lord is doing a work in us and the sanctification is the work of a lifetime and amen that we can be around brothers and sisters that understand us and don't put us on this pedestal that we are perfect because we're never going to be perfect you know we, we we do we are judged to a higher standard and I don't believe that's like when we're going to stand before the Lord oh me and Joe everything from the 20 years even at the start of our walk to the end he's going to judge us for I believe that on the day of atonement we can have these judged that year we can leave them to him and he can carry on that sanctification so what we were struggling with last year has already been forgiven because we've moved on from it that's a power of repentance and when we stand before him when we die he's not going to remember them things because we will have repented from them right. and we, we will have moved on to something else you know so it's it's about having that mindset and when you have that mindset of grace and mercy and how the Lord is going to judge you, um, it changes your whole aspect on you and other people, you know, other people too. That's amazing. Um, and again, because we, we have that uh, real um, strange concept of, of Yeshua and, and God being outside of space and time. So, you know, the, behold the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, that atoning sacrifice was made before any of this but yet there are still sins that are to be forgiven in in the future but all of our sins have been uh, forgiven in the past so it's a, a very strange um, and curious setup and an insight into the god we serve in that uh, as you say that, that on a year-on-year -year basis we're given the opportunity to reflect on and uh, um, yeah repent for the for the sins that we committed even whilst we're 
uh, in a state of uh, salvation. Um, just a quick question. Do you think, because I, I think you make a really interesting point about like almost having this, this dry obs- observance of, of Torah and the feast. Do you think it's possible, uh, again, you don't need a, a deep answer, do you think it's possible to observe the feasts, do the Shabbats, and not display the fruits of the Spirit? Of course. I mean, it's in the word. It's what Yeshua, it's a pharisaical spirit, isn't it? Um, he constantly said, you tithe your cumin, you tithe your mint. They, they never missed a tithe. I mean, they were the first ones in the synagogue. But he says, it's still not enough because I believe that he was after a new, a new level of worship. And it's not until we, we learn now about the fruits of the spirit love peace joy patience and i don't believe that the pharisees were operating in the fruit of the spirit so it's about questioning ourselves the same are we operating as the pharisees or are we operating as how yeshua intended it doesn't mean that he, he never wanted us to be do the law or incorporate um the law but it's spirit and truth mm. and that that's everything. It has to be everything. Otherwise, we're hypocrites, really. Definitely. And, um, you know, again, for a degree of transparency, it's like not only are we, um, you know, relatively young in, in the faith, we're, 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 we're young to a, to a move of the spirit, uh, a move in the body that uh, in terms of coming to the fullness of, of, the, of the scriptures and uh, what it means to, to come out of Babylon and to, to embrace the, the ordinances of the Most High. It's like... We need, I, I need that grace because um, I want to. I want to be joyful. I want to be uh, somebody that um, is embodying uh, the joy of Christ. I, I, the last thing I want to do, and this this is a position that I've been in in the past, where I've just, I've just been self righteous. I've been a dry and and just judgmental and you know lacking in the fruit because i thought i had it cracked because i was onto the truth of what and and yeah of course like that's the foundation but without um yeah without this there's something about <laughs> lacking joy if you don't have joy in this then um there's no there's no it, it's not a witness for, for 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 the for the alien for the foreigner and it's not a witness for the the, the Jews who we're, we're we're told that we're we're going to be making jealous it's not a witness for the for the mainstream Christians it's no good to anyone so um i think that's my heart is is uh being open in the sense that i'm still learning i still want to embrace like the fullness of these feasts cuz i think each year yeah. As you said, it's not about topping it. It's about actually getting the fullness of what these uh, what these feasts represent and um, and how they can empower us and our walks with with Christ uh, and and the sanctification that's involved. So I, I think you 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 make some very because um, even talking to them like this, if you if if you rewind, say like even three years ago, people would be like, "Oh no, you're not sold out. You're you know you you you're on some ultra grace." And it's like, nah, like. I just want the fullness. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And speaking about how we've advanced, uh, it's not like we want to put on a show and, you know, have the outside of our cup. We, we're all about the inside of the cup, cleaning that out first because we can't be good on the outside if we're not good on the inside. Yeshua constantly says, from the heart proceed of what comes from your mouth. So it's about, like, what's in your heart you are going to speak out and what it was in my heart. I just always use the example of my family members, my parents, and my brother, what was in my heart towards them? 
was judgment and was condemnation and was self-righteousness because I wasn't displaying any fruits. I was just constantly saying you to pagan, pagan, pagan. <laughs> I'm not coming there. I'm not coming there. And it was all about what I couldn't do for them. However, I got to last couple of years. I'm now beefing the feast up to them. Like, guys, look at this. I'm sending them videos. And they're actually, they're liking it. You know, we live in an era that is so digital. You know, my mum could go on TikTok right now and watch a, a live mosque viewing probably. You know, like she could watch a live. She, she works with a Muslim woman. And although we do live in a time of diversity and it can be used for bad, it is. We can use it to our advantage as well. And we can play on our feasts and we can play on... Um, our, our rights uh, as individuals and I, I always like encourage people to do that and, and get their families involved and, and talk to them about it and you'll be surprised how, how much that they are interested last year it was maybe our eighth year um and my mum actually came to Sikho mm. isn't a believer isn't saved doesn't confess the Lord um Jesus Christ but she came and I used the approach I was shrewd in the way I did it because Jonah was one and a half so I was like you can come, you can help with Jonah. However, she was sharing a tent with Angie and the Lord commands you to rejoice and drink strong wine. She wasn't getting up in the morning <laughs> with Jonah here and Angie were having a little party in their dome and it was great. In fact, it was amazing. She probably had a better time with Angie and the other sisters and the brothers watching the talent show than, yeah. than anywhere that she even goes out with her own friends now. You know, in fact, I spoke, they are moving over soon and they're in the process. There's a few ups and downs, so please lift them in prayer, guys. Um, the name's Sharon and Peter. Um, yeah, but she w- they went out with some of their old friends and she was just like, she didn't feel good off it. She was even saying like, oh, I'm not into that anymore. And not like from a spiritual perspective, but I know it's spiritual in the making. You know, I feel like they're going to come here, they're going to move here and they're going to just constantly learn about what we do and we're about to be a light to them and get them involved. There's feasts that you can invite strangers to. Um, Sukkot being one of them. Every year there's constant strangers coming, not like the strangers off the street. In fact, one year that did happen, our evangelism in Durham. Um, oh, yeah, someone yeah. was invited to the Last Supper. Elizabeth, I think her name was. Uh, Rob Rob met her on the street. It was so symbolic. It was like evangelism. It was total first will be last, last will be first sketch. You know, if we're talking about the eighth day being um, the millennium reign and the wedding feast, there's still people pouring in the door on that day. And I find that so symbolic that people are going to be coming to the Lord till the very last second. Mm. And in fact, he calls them first. Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. call you first because you've been keeping the Torah for 20 years. He doesn't call you first because you've done um, Sukkot since you were in nappies. No, he says the last will be first. And I, I got that revelation this week because the latter rains are coming. People are still joining this fellowship now. In fact, we've had probably the biggest influx. I'm like having to write notes saying, call these, call these. And like, it, it's it's amazing. People want to come. We're having our busiest feast yet. We're going to meet so many new people, new couples, young couples, elderly couples, people coming from America that we've never met before. So it is it, it is so symbolic and it's about not losing sight of how symbolic these really are. You know, it, it's, it is truly beautiful, you know. Yeah, hum- humble thyself, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, the, yeah you, you packed a lot in there, Bex. Um, I... Uh, I think when you when you're talking about family and friends, um, it's it you've got far better chance of them seeing the fruit and being part of the fruit than just being talked to or preached preached at. Because uh, you know I, I've had that experience in the past where I've, I've preached, I've pointed the finger, I've been judgmental, particularly towards family members, and uh, arguably wasn't 
particularly well received and I just resigned to the fact you know I need the fruit of, of this walk to actually start to speak rather than my words you know Jackie says quite often you know to, to witness first through action and then if, if possible or if necessary through your words and I think um, that's a great testament to uh, to the feast and again the revealing of one's heart in that. So if your heart posture is is one of humility, if it is one of joy, if it's one of gratitude, if it's one of uh, genuine repentance, that you have the joy of salvation and you're uh, taking part on that year in, year out, that is that is such an, uh, an effective and amazing witness rather than just saying, I hate Christmas, it's rubbish, you're, you're all pagans. It's like, no, like, have a look. Like, don't hide the light under a bush because, like, they, they, they'll see it and they'll come to it. So, um, yeah, praise God that uh, it, it's not even about our skill. It's like, just do what he says. I'm going to take care of the rest. And um, I think, uh, again, just thinking out loud, like, forgive me for, for limiting the potential of that. I, I'm so quick to limit how uh, my family or friends would view uh, or, or not um, be um, uh, enamored by such an amazing thing. Um uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I think that would be really good to actually just meditate on the fact that these are so effective and uh, don't limit the effect that it could have uh, on, on your loved ones. Yeah. I mean, why would you um, why would you give up such a joyous time of year when you're with your family and friends, you're getting presents, you know, you're having a great time to just go and be miserable and sit in your room and hate everyone. <laughs> and like, you're just not going to do it like you you let's be serious nobody's going to do it and if we carry on with that same spirit it's not going to even pass down to our children you know and this is a serious serious thing to consider if we aren't making these times of great joy and of great social I don't know about you but growing up the best memories that I had was camping with family camping with friends it was social gatherings it was community and that didn't have any spiritual aspect they are core memories for me it was group holidays it, w- it was being around with the children not necessarily being at school but it was all about being with your family but another families it was like it was such a vibe wasn't it going yeah, to yeah, like your friend yeah. like you call them cousins yeah. it was like it, it was it was amazing but that's what we can offer our children you know Jonah constantly says are my friends coming on my friends and it's just so, it's so great to see of all ages um even he's two and he's running around with seven-year-olds and he's going through a bit of a rough stage he's trying to like jump on them and stuff but <laughs> it, it, it's great to see that um they develop and they learn from each other and they advance and mason comes in with his bible next minute jonah's like i want my bible Mm. isaac comes in with his bible who's three i want to get my bible and it's like having positive influences on each other bless him he definitely can't read he has this like little white bible i i got him the picture book bible thinking he meant that he went no that one like an actual real (laughs) white bible that's in his room for decoration bless him he's waving it around you know that thin paper and i'm thinking i'm gonna have to take this off him he's gonna break it it's a family it's a family bible but bless him you know you have to go along with it because it's great to see your children being positively influenced by other children and one thing this year that I'm really excited to, is to have more children because we need to give them core memories and, and, and really embed into their childhood the joy of the feasts because they're going to find that joy elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the only other alternative to that joy is Christmas. Yep. You know, they're going to be able to make their own decisions one day. They're going to be 18. They're going to be 16, however old they are. And they're going to find joy. They're going to everyone seeking for joy. And Christmas offers that. If you're not offering that at your feast, 
you know, there's there's a, there's a big chance that they might find it elsewhere. And what you spoke about on the podcast of, um, you know, people in the church, their children when they do walk away, and we have to just we have to safeguard that now from from right. a very very early on and make it joyous for them because if they're not feeling the joy of the Lord. They're not essentially. They're going to have a tainted view on God because He He loves us. He calls us to rejoice. He calls us to, to sing songs of worship, and that is that is the way to chase away the devil. So it's not about you're a sinner. You know, you need to take your lamb to the temple. You need a bigger lamb than me. That just didn't happen, yeah, did it? Yeah. You know, they didn't go to the temple and say, "Listen, mate, he needs to go before anyone. He's the biggest sinner here." No, they were on their faces. Even if they couldn't afford a lamb, they would have a turtle dove and they would make that sacrifice happen for them any way that they could. Are we doing that now? Are we making a sacrifice any way that we can uh, to the Lord to say, sorry, Father, forgive me of this. I don't want to deal with this. You know, are we removing all of our carnal flesh? And money was a very big thing in that society. You know, a lot of them were poor. A lot of them were affluent. and, And they made a way for their sins to be atoned for. And are we doing that you know take the speck out of your own eye before you you, you, the plank out of your own eye before you look at the speck in your brother's eye and it's about having that that attitude going into the feast because ultimately if he was to come back tomorrow you know we're going to get judged on on one thing or another i love that analogy there with the um with almost like the tier system of the uh, offerings the sacrifice offerings and I think this is possibly applicable to both, uh, you know, the, the the heaviness of atonement and then the lightness of uh, of Sukkot. So, um, whatever whatever your means are, this isn't about like money. This isn't about putting on the, the biggest and the best. This is about the love uh, for for the those that you have relationships with, and God will honor. Um, your heart with regards to how you observe these feasts you don't have to have all the razzmatazz and, and everything else we're in a very privileged position uh, and and Bex I'm sure you can attest to the growth and and, and the scale of things uh, over over the years however like if you only have the turtle dove God will honor that but if you've got the 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 red heifer, like, yeah, all, all glory to you. But this is about the engagement of, of your relationships with your children. Like you say, it's, it's, if you don't have the finances, if you don't have the money, if you don't have the community, like know your child, know what gets them excited, engage and um, find ways to make these things interactive, to, 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 to pour your heart out into it. And um, like you say, engage them in these and, and set the foundations because we've got a really strong opposition in terms of, like you say, the, the influences of, of, uh, of the world and the trappings of materialism. So, um, yeah, I would just encourage anyone out there. Is this isn't about the things that you have, the places this you can go. It's like use your imagination, like engage with your surroundings, use what you have at your disposal, and, and God will honor that. And I, I guarantee, I guarantee, year on year, you'll find more spiritual depth. You'll find more material blessing to to celebrate and to to give honor to to God in this way. I I, I just yeah. I, so I, I say that as an encouragement to those who who aren't too sure, who may not have the connections, who may not have the finances. Like God yeah. knows, and He'll honor it. Yeah, and speaking about the tier system and what you could give for the feast, it's it's also a reminder that. God's commanded us all year, guys, to save for these feasts, by the mm. way. And it's something that the enemy tries to steal away. Can't afford the feast this year. You know, it's a couple of hundred pounds and then petrol. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've earned 
money this year, whether you've you, you've worked, whatever, you've had to feed your family. He's told you to put some money away for the feasts. And it's something that I didn't do for a long time. But until you start making them a priority in your heart, you're not going to save for it because other holidays, other trips, they're going to take priority. And I always say as a practical step, you know, get your feasts off work first, figure out if you can afford the feast and then bam, the rest, the rest is, is an addition. But um, yeah, it creeps up on you and I know it can, it can be a lot. However, the Lord has safeguarded that for you for a reason, because it's, it's the highlight of, of your year. It, it's, it's truly is the highlight of your year. I know people, um, my hairdresser, I go in around January time, she's like already putting money on this uh, save for all for Christmas. And I'm just like, do you know, so people in the world do it. So why don't we, we, we need to be doing it. And it's just a little practical step that the enemy loves to uh, distract us from, like he does for everything. But yeah, I just wanted to go on to now talking about um, the power of confession. Obviously, we spoke about it before, um, how we do it um, on Yom Kippur, um, but also on a daily basis. Um, if you're struggling with something, you, you know, and you know it's there, you get this little niggle in your heart, you need to confess it really. And Yeshua constantly says... Um, to be judged you have to confess your sins and it's like do we want to be judged with the world and, and how they're going to be judged with concealment and, and things hidden in their hearts or do we want Yeshua to atone for us and how can he atone for us if we don't confess it to him mm. it's a scary and sober and thought really you know they didn't just take up the lamb and stay silent and go I don't know what I'm going to confess but Lord I want to be forgiven that isn't really how it works. They had to give something specific. They had to give God the specifics of their life and say, oh, take this away, take this away. And again, the enemy loves to just, you know, get us distracted and say, hmm, they're sin, they're sin. But when reality, we have to really um, confess ours in order to be forgiven. It's it's a massive thing that we, we can miss out on. And I think because the Catholic Church, they do confession and they have given us a tainted view on what to confess. Oh, priest, forgive me, our father, or, you know, of of let me neighbor's cat go you know like all the father ted films and stuff yeah. like making a mockery of confession when yeah. it's a true sober and biblical thing that we have to do they just maybe did it in the wrong way you know yeah and i think um i think there can even be um uh, versatility in and in, in what confession looks like just thinking out loud like you can have a, an absolute outpouring of, of your heart and and uh, a, a, almost like a a, a big uh, big moment, uh, uh, whether it be intimacy or, or just just uh, yeah, just deep in prayer. Or I, that's where I think like conversational relationship with God, like having that intimate relationship where like you're literally chatting to Him all day. Amen. And I think it breaks down this kind of. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There are I, I think there are still protocols when it comes to prayer and and, and petition. Like I'm not not negating that, but at the same time, like. Jesus calls us his friends like yeah. you need to talk to him like he's your friend like True. oh I can't believe I just did that I'm so sorry Lord like please like can you like help me help from me out, yeah, yeah just just throw me a bone like anything like I'm so sorry like it, it can be it can be more um and this isn't to be flippant by any stretch it's it's relationship it's intimacy and if you're talking to him and you're meditating on him uh, and and you're thinking about his ways all day then it becomes easier to like nip these things in the bud because you know you you meditate you think on something it grows it develops and next thing you know it becomes sin 
we all know that that uh, that protocol. So it's just like get chatting, <laughs> yeah. get get identifying, and 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 you probably yeah. nip it in the bud a lot quicker. Definitely, um, Psalm twenty eight thirteen: He who conceals a sin does not prop- prosper, but whoever confesses and renouncing them finds mercy. And we're all after the mercy of the Lord. It's what is going to get us into the kingdom, guys. Let's not kid ourselves that keeping Torah and not doing the pagan and not eating bacon is going to get us into heaven because let's just not do that. Let's just not go there because we know that that's not the truth. We know that that's not biblical. Yet it will give us rewards in the kingdom and it will give us an amazing head start and it will bring us so much joy. And hopefully, 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 Yah willing, please, Lord, keep these generations in the truth. But we need his mercy, you know, me and Joe have actually been working a, quite a lot with um, Muslim communities. Um, I mean, that obviously they don't have Yeshua, but generationally and community-wise, they are way, way, way ahead. Right. They, they're all in community. They don't go out of their community. In fact, we're the only white people at these weddings, by the way, pretty <laughs> much. And I feel honoured that they've chosen us because all of their caterers, all of their things at that wedding is all within their own local community. And it's amazing. And we strive to to take that even further. But, you know, we're not going to do that if we're falling out over silly things. We're not going to do that if, you know, we've constantly got a problem. We're not going to do that if, if we're not moving forward, if we're just staying in one place. Because ultimately, we're, we're going to put our children off. And these people have their fathers and their imams. They have such high regard, especially with their daughters, especially with the young sons. They all work for one another. One of the girls we, we got chatting to and Joe was witnessing to her and um, she was saying how they don't like drink and stuff. And we were just going backwards and forwards and we were saying, yeah, we don't get drunk, but, you know, there's wine. And Jesus turned water into wine and she was like, yeah, well, we're going to be drinking it in paradise. And, you know, it, it was just just and then Joe was going, well, how do you do shisha? So we're trying to like witness to them. <laughs> but the reason that she went to this specific town was because her father recommended it and they have such high regard for their fathers for their family for the brothers and we strive to be like that even better you know we have the hebrew mindset we'll learn in the torah so let's not put our children off please you know men take the lead please um i wrote down here it's it's about if you're not going to guide your wife and your children into the truth and into a community you know essentially <laughs> you're robbing yourself of a future blessing you know we have to constantly be a great example to um the next generation because we don't want it to end at us do we like no way you know I look at my parents and the choices they've made you know I've made totally different choices than they've made and I it's not like I don't hide them in high regard because I do they they're amazing at so many things but I don't like strive to be like them but I want Jonah to strive to be like like Joe in so many ways with the worship with his pastoral qualities and this is the kind of mindset that we need to move away from that um it stops at us because it doesn't we don't want it to stop at us we want it to keep going to generation to generation because and you know it starts with the men and essentially the women of course so we've got a massive responsibility in our shoulders and we're only going to get there through god's grace and god's mercy um let's not kid ourselves that anything else is going to get us there because we're all on a learning curve but we need him to guide us and we need him to be with us and we need the fruit of the spirit's to be amongst us to, to to get through this you know it's it's a war out there guys yeah. amen and um i think it's uh interesting in the sense that um you know he, he tells us to return to him like like to be his children and um 
I think there has to be that that childlike joy and wonder when it comes to the feast and uh, and just our walks in general uh, when it comes to uh, uh, the Torah and our observance of it. Um, again, it's it's that. Do I have that childlike wonder and joy and um, uh, that 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 happiness and and the fruitfulness of the spirit uh, that my child uh, and others, uh, particularly as as men and as leaders, uh, are we displaying these qualities that that children want that and actually feel safe and uh, feel uh, fulfilled. Uh, so that, like you say, when they get to the age of accountability, it's not even a choice. It's just, it's just you've brought them to, to uh, you know, it says to train them in the way and, and to keep them in the way. And mm-hmm. how are we going to do that if it's if it's a repellent? And I, I've spoken at length in the past about how we, evan- you know, the importance of evangelizing to your family. I, I, I think the emphasis on family in the scripture is just ridiculous. Yeah. You can be the best preacher, you can be the best prophet, you can be the best evangelist, but... I've said it before, if you suck at a dad as is, is you suck at being a husband or a wife, like the child's really not going to want a slice of that pie. So it's um, it's really important how we encapsulate that in the feast, in his Moedim, how we get excited, how we uh, uh, obey these, uh, lovingly obey these things so that they can go like, yeah, this is something that I want to want to be part of in the future. Yeah. And we just we constantly need God's grace to get us there because... <laughs> You know, you'd just be so weighed down about all the things that you're not doing and all the things that you need to do and this this constant, like, perfect standard that you're never going to meet. And it's there's constantly a thing that, like, children don't need a perfect parent. They just need someone that really, really loves them and tries and genuinely cares and is emotionally available. Mm. And we need to be like that for the Lord. He's not after us to be perfect He's not after us, but he just wants us to be there and emotionally available to change him. Um, I'm just going to end on this um, this passage from Luke, and it's it's just kind of encapsulates and concludes everything that we've spoken to tonight. And I'm just going to leave it there with the whole community, whoever watches this, consider this, and it's in it's in the gospel for a reason, and it's Luke eighteen eleven to fourteen. The Pharisees stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, like robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. And I think that's just something that we can all learn for. Be like the tax collector that says, Lord, I am a sinner. Don't be self-righteous. Don't be puffed up. You know, we've had we've had feasts trying to get the leaven out of us guys like let's not invite this leaven back in let's just humble ourselves and let the lord elevate us during this season and 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 seek and and find him and the reward is great the reward is amazing you'll be justified before god and being justified before god is getting to the wedding supper of the lamb so that's all i'm going to say and i think it was a sober message that we all needed to hear and give us a little shake up before the feast because um, the enemy's out to steal and destroy, isn't he? And yeah, hallelujah. Um, thank you so much, Bex. Um, 
don't care about your likes. I don't care about your subscriptions. I don't care about your comments right now. I really don't. Like, I hope that this conversation genuinely blesses whoever listens to this. Amen. I hope that um, any scriptures that spoke to you really resonate and, and help you to walk this in joy, uh, in spirit and in truth. Um, Bex, I, I want to thank you so much for what you bought. Um, and uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. From our house to yours, um, this has been The Upper Room. Uh, we love you. We bless you. And um, get excited for the feast because they're just around the corner. Praise you. Hallelujah.